right, this morning is going to be week number two of a series that I am doing called The ABCs of Outward Faith. So I, I began this one last week by noting a couple of observations. An observation, first of all, that the New Testament writers assumed that people who follow Jesus would express that faith outwardly for others. They would share it. That was just a baseline assumption across the board, something that I think carries forward, that it still is assumed that people who follow Jesus will express that faith outwards. So we observed that last week. But here's the other observation that I made last week, that honestly, we struggle with that at times. That, that's something that maybe we're not very good at or as good at as we could be. So, this is a series on the ABCs of outward faith. It's sort of a reset of, let's go back and just talk about the basics of where it begins to embrace and have the kind of faith that just radiates outward for other people to see and catch on to and know the faith that we have. So, we began that one last week, and, and I began that one last week following ABCs with awareness, that it began with awareness. And we talked about that, that in order to really know how faith expresses outward, we have to be aware of where God is already at work in our lives and in our community around us. And today we move on to the next thing, boldness. What it takes to have a boldness of faith. Because here how, here's how that works. Think of it this way. Um, imagine driving and, and you come up to a traffic light and the light's red, so you stop. Maybe this has happened to you, uh, I'll say, all right, this has happened to me, that maybe I'm sitting at a red light and maybe I'm a little distracted because I'm playing with the next radio station I want to find or something like that. The light turns green and there I sit and someone behind me has to sort of give that little honk and, oh yeah, time to go. I lost awareness that the light was green. I lost awareness of what I was supposed to be paying attention to so that when the time came and it was right that... Yep, push the gas pedal and off we go. It takes awareness, but also boldness. Because awareness by itself does nothing. Think about that. Awareness by itself does nothing. If I'm sitting at the light and I'm watching, okay, all right, it's red, it's red, all right, it's green. I'm aware it's green, but I still sit there. I don't hit the gas, I don't go. I'm aware, but I don't do anything. See, so these things tie in together and go from one to the next. And by the way, it, it, it can't have one without the other, the other way around either. I can't be sitting at the traffic light and say, you know what, I have no idea if the red's light or green, but here we go. Push the gas. Boldness without awareness, well, that's not good either. These things go together, don't they? That it takes an awareness and then action to do something about it. That works into our life of faith as well. That same kind of thing. So today I want to consider that, and we're going to again return to the book of Acts. This is a story of Peter and a vision that Peter receives where God is telling him something about acting in boldness of faith. So, Acts chapter 10, I'm going to begin at verse 9, uh, and then I'm going to jump ahead to a verse to close it, okay? Acts 10, beginning at verse 9, says this. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. 
he saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Now I'm going to jump ahead to verse 28. So what happens is this, is a Gentile named Cornelius sends these men to fetch Peter because Cornelius and his Gentile friends want to know about Jesus. So Peter goes along with these people to the house of Cornelius, and then just one verse that comes in that story, when Peter walks into the house and sees all the people that are gathered there. Verse 28 says this, He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What does it mean then to have a boldness of faith in something like this? This is a story that, well, all right, on, on the surface of things, it looks like what's happening here is that uh, Peter is given this vision that has to do with the Old Testament Jewish dietary laws and what that looks like. A vision that carries forward into that in ways that maybe Peter has trouble understanding, that he can't really figure out what happens with that. Uh, because the, the passage tells us he's wondering, he's wondering about what this means, and he doesn't know. But while this is happening, that's when the knock comes at the door, and these men come to visit, and, and the Spirit tells him, don't be afraid to go with them. Go with them. So... Peter does that. And this, this vision then starts to come together. Peter figures out that he's got something to learn through this. He's got to figure out that God is able to redeem anything that was once considered impure. God is able to redeem anything that was once considered impure. Now, this, this is a passage of Scripture that... Um, I used to joke with my kids about these dietary laws. I used to joke with my kids, Acts 10 is the 11th commandment, thou shalt eat bacon. Because it, it sort of does away with those purity laws of all the things that they were not supposed to eat, not supposed to touch. But Peter catches on that, you know, that, that's symbolic of so much more. It, it's not just about these dietary laws, about the kosher eating, but it's about also all those other laws about who they should or should not associate with. And after all, wasn't Jesus getting in trouble all the time 
for exactly that? The people he would associate with? That was always being brought to him by the religious leaders of, who do you think you are eating with sinners and associating with people who should not be associated with? Peter apparently has not quite caught on to that yet. So this vision comes to drive that point home a little further. And, and this is after Pentecost. Peter has received the Holy Spirit, but he's still learning. He's still figuring it out. He's still coming to that place. And, and that could be considered maybe the awareness in that step. Peter has to become aware, aware of what God is doing, that God is now working among a population around him that every Jewish person would have said their entire lives, those people should not be touched, should not be associated with, should not be welcomed in. But God shows him something through that, something new. That's the awareness. Then the step of boldness. Peter, what are you going to do about it? Now, the story plays out in ways that make that rather clear for us to see. The Spirit told Peter, go with these guys. Go with them. But it was still that moment Peter faced where there had to be a choice. A choice that required a boldness of faith. And you caught that in the last verse I read. Right? The, the laws said, should not associate with people like that. Peter could be disowned by his own kind for what he did. He had to make a choice that in some ways perhaps put a target on his own back for what he was doing in that moment. A boldness of faith. So I want us to consider today, what does a bold faith look like? Because maybe, I'm, maybe you think of, yeah, a faith, a faith that is bold, so... Peter just has the courage to take that step. So there you go. Just be a little bit more courageous in your faith and on your way now. Well, I think there's more in the story that we can pick up about that. There's more here that can tell us something about a bold faith rather than me just trying to give you a pep talk of just be more courageous people. There's more to it than that. Something that we can learn from this story that has to do with what it means for us to have that same kind of boldness of faith. So let's look at that. Let's consider what that does in this story, all right? There is one very important detail in this story that I think we miss all the time, that we overlook. It's in verse 16. So you see the vision as it comes through here. Peter sees this sheet and it comes down and there's all these forbidden things to eat on it. And God tells him, you can eat that. Don't call that impure. That's the vision. Then in verse 16, we catch this little detail. It happens three times. Three times. Don't overlook that. This is Peter. Let's think about Peter for a moment. What other circumstances have been in Peter's life where there's been this sort of a confrontational conversation that's happened three times? This would not have been lost on Peter. Right? He would have caught on to this right away. Three times they're telling, okay, again, okay, third time, I get it. Wait a minute. Three times. It was back on the night when Jesus would be arrested. 
where Jesus pulls Peter aside and, and tells Peter, Peter, before this very night is over, before the morning comes, you're going to disown me three times. And he did. He did exactly that. Later, after Jesus was crucified and then came back from the grave and, and appeared before the disciples in this scene by the lakeside where they're having this little breakfast on the lakeshore, Jesus then again pulls Peter aside and asks Peter the question, Peter, do you love me? Peter responds, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus replies, feed my sheep. That exchange, three times. There's something being pulled into the story that I think Peter would have known right away, and we just sort of float right past. That even in this vision, God is reminding Peter of something. Even though there is a bold step of faith forward to take, this is a story for Peter that also reminds him of where he came from, something in his past. That sometimes, sometimes having a faith that is bold means that people have to confront fears and past failures. That comes through in this story. Peter has to confront past fears and failures by this scene that takes place three times, that is brought into the picture for him. Peter, I've got this bold step of faith that I want you to do. And, wow, remember that other time when there was that bold step and you just shrunk away spinelessly like you didn't even know who I was? Peter has to confront that. Confront that there have been moments in his life where that bold step was before him and he didn't do it. He fell away from it. And Peter has to confront that in a way where that failure does not hold him captive to it. Because I didn't do it right before, I'm never going to try again. Because I messed up once, I'll always mess up. That has to be confronted in this. I think that's a step for us in a bold faith. Because we're broken people too, right? Peter was a broken person. He's the leader of the New Testament church that God says, you are the rock and I'm going to build my church on you. And, and he messed up. He failed and he had to get up again and try it again. We're broken people too. I think that becomes easy for us. Yeah, bold step of faith. That's for some people to do, but not me. I'm not like that. I'm not bold like that. Or, I've tried that before and it crashed and burned horribly. We have to confront those same things too. Because a boldness of faith means having to confront some of those things from our own past that might be hanging on to hold us back. Some of you know that um, I did not go right from high school to college and college to seminary and, and here I am a pastor, but... I, I had some breaks of working some other things in between. I was a youth pastor for quite a stretch in there. And even though there were people who were telling me, I was living in Kalamazoo at the time, and people who were telling me, Tom, you ought to think about seminary. Tom, you should really think about seminary. And my, uh, my senior pastor mentor 
who was working with me, pretty much had to grab me by the collar of my shirt and say, Tom, you can't ignore this. Go to seminary. And there was a truth in that of, well, seminary, they mean at seminary you have to learn Greek and Hebrew to read the Bible in the original language. And I, for the longest time, said, seminary, no, I can't do it. And the reason I can't do it, I'm scared. I'm afraid that I can't learn these languages. And if I can't learn these languages, then I can't do it. So I'm not going to take that next step because I'm afraid to. But here I am. I took that step. Probably one of the hardest things I've had to study and learn in my life is Hebrew. But I got there. There was a fear that held me away from that for quite a while. That I didn't take that step. Something that had to be confronted. How's your life with that? So what is there in your life? Right? Uh, thinking about maybe some of those steps and opportunities to take the next step forward in your life of faith and what holds you back. Is there a fear or a past failure that's keeping a grip on that? Sometimes just being able to name those fears and failures out loud helps to begin taking that next step forward. I had to say it. I had to admit it. I had to say it out loud. And that was the thing that started that next step, was just being able to say it, name it, and then move forward from there. Confront it. Because bold faith recognizes that we've got baggage in our past. Sometimes that baggage hangs on to us like an anchor and keeps us from taking that next step. Peter had to do that. It's in this story. It was brought up to him. You've got to confront that and move past it. Take that next step. Don't let the past failures be the thing that holds you from ever taking a bold step again in faith. So Peter does that. He takes that next step and he goes with these people to the house of Cornelius. And Cornelius, this Gentile official, has all of his friends and relatives and people gathered in his house there. And Peter walks in and all these Gentile people are there. And, and now Peter realizes the step that he's taking. It, it kind of dawns on him what he's just walked into. And he calls it out. He names it right there. You know... I'm not really supposed to be here because this is against the law for me. But God has shown me. God has shown me that what I once considered impure is made pure by him. God showed me something new, something I had not seen before, something I missed. Remember, this is after Pentecost. Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. But he still has to learn this piece. It still is dawning on him that even for those who walk in faith, even for those who have a relationship with Jesus, even for those who would be filled by the Holy Spirit, there are still moments that come where we admit, I've got something new to learn here. I, I've got a new direction that can be taken that Maybe I've missed before. For Peter, I think this means it teaches us what a posture of humility looks like. A posture of humility. 
that Peter had to come to a place of admitting, I was wrong about this. I was wrong to push away and ignore a whole group of people because I didn't think they could be redeemed by God. I was wrong about it. Peter has to confront that and ask himself the question, the question that Peter has to ask himself, have I been wrong about ignoring people whom God is able to redeem? Have I been wrong about that? And that takes a step of humility to do that. Humility to figure out that maybe all the answers I thought I had weren't always right. Maybe there's something new that God can show me that I never would have thought possible before. Maybe there's a place where God can lead me that I never would have imagined I could be in. That maybe there are people out there around me who God is leading into my life that I never thought I would be in relationship with. That takes a posture of humility. A posture of humility because let, let's remember what this looks like for Peter, right? Remember what this looks like for Peter, that Peter being raised a Jewish person would have been taught his entire life that Jewish people in the Old Testament, Jewish people are God's special, chosen people, people that are better than everyone else because God chose them. That's the Old Testament ideology that Peter was brought up in, that Peter would have had it drilled in his head, but I'm better than all of you because of who I am. It takes humility then for Peter to come to a place and says, you know what? It's not that I'm better than any of you. It's not that at all. But God has brought us together in the same way because of the grace of Jesus. And it came to that. So that bold step of faith, that bold step of faith sometimes is a step that requires us to, to pull into a posture of humility. Posture of humility that says, you know what? I've got to stop thinking of myself as being better than other people. I've got to stop thinking of myself as being the ones who has all the right answers and Whoever those people are have all the wrong answers. I've got to stop thinking of other people like that. And in humility, reach out together. That's what Peter has to face in this, of what that looks like. That boldness of faith that confronts his past and moves on, that embraces humility and steps forward in that. So what does that look like? How does that come forward for us in the world that we live in today? How do we have a faith like that? Last week, I, I left us with a challenge, if you were here last week. Last week, I left a challenge when we talked about awareness, a challenge to say, start with one. Start with one person or one household, someone you know, someone you've seen or maybe don't have a great connection or relationship with, maybe someone you've been in relationship with for a long time, but start with one. One person who particularly, specifically, feels far away from God, 
distant from God, detached from God. Start with one. Be aware of one. And be aware of how God is working in and around that situation. That was step one last week. Now let's move that on to boldness, step two. Start with one to be aware of, and now start with one step. What would one step look like? Because a boldness of faith is a faith that's not going to wait for the other person to make the first move. I know the story we read today sort of unfolds that way, doesn't it? Those people came knocking on Peter's door. But often, let's be honest, that in our real-world situation, they don't always come knocking to us. But we have to be the ones to make the first move. So I start with that one, that one person, that one household that comes to mind, and then I start to think, what could be that first step I could take? Just one step. Because I need to be the one who takes that first step to bring my faith into that relationship, into that connection, into that thing that's before me. What does that one step look like? Now, we're, we're talking about the ABCs of outward express faith. I've been through A, I've been through B, and, and I'm going to leave something hanging here because the question is, okay, tell me, what does that step look like? How do I do that step? Well, that's C. So you have to come back next week to get the answers to that. And, and here's a spoiler alert. Next week, I'm also going to give you D and E. So we're going we're gonna to finish it up by giving you the... Well, that's all the further I'm going to go through the alphabet. But the question we're left with today is, is to keep with this, right? Stay with me on this. Think of that one. Identify who that one is. Be aware of that one. Then start thinking and praying. All right, if the first step is up to me, what is that step going to look like? Because in a boldness of faith, it's a step that we see from Peter means that I've got to be able to confront any past fears or failures. I've got to confront that if I'm going to make that step. And we see from Peter here, humility. I've got to be humble about who I am before God and who these other people are before God. I need to be humble about that if I'm going to take that next step. So as we come back next week and talk about what that next step looks like, this is a week of considering how boldness works into our lives through it. Confronting our past, embracing humility, and bringing that to the next step that we have in our lives. We can do that. We can do that, and, and here's the reason why. Because if you think about boldness of faith, and especially if you think about boldness of faith and you've been listening to what I've been saying the last 20 minutes and, and you're still left in a place of thinking to yourself, yeah, that's fine for some people, but I'm not bold like that. I don't have that courage. If you're still in that place, remember this, that faith is a gift. 
faith is not something that you reach out and grab onto. Faith is something that God plants within you. It is given as a gift. Bold faith, then, a faith that is bold, it's not your boldness. It's not your strength. It's not your courage. It's not your power. We don't have to find ways to be bold and courageous to God because it is God who's come to be with us, right? It is Jesus who came and gave himself on the cross so that we could have a faith that is connected and united directly to him. It's God who works that in us. So what it is that we consider about what it means to have a faith that is bold, it's the strength of God that works in those steps. It's the power of God that works through those things. It's God working in us because he's the one who gives us what we need for those things to happen, for that step to take place. It is because of what God has done for you that you are able to have a faith that is bold in response to him. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word and the message that we see there. A message that reminded Peter of how much he had to learn and confront his own past and how far he still had to go in taking that next step of bold faith. And Lord, as we consider that and what that looks like in our own lives, may we be people who can take that step as well. May we be people who recognize that you're the one who plants that seed of faith in us. You're the one who gives us what we need to move forward in that. And so, Lord, may we, first of all, be aware of what your Holy Spirit is doing in us. And then may we be ready to take that step when it comes before us. Thank you for that. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.